0: This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses.
1: No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to
0: another episode of No Halos Here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Oh, today we've had quite a conversation in advance of this recording. Boy, do we have some fun and interesting things to share with you. Mm Mm-hmm. We can even
1: start today with being like super open and authentic. Both Jen and I are feeling a bit like tired, run down, I don't know, weather, distractible, whether it's like, (laughs) yeah, spacey, right? Spacey. Which again, we we follow um, some of the thought leaders in sort of the energy world and what the energy is like out there right now. A lot of the people that I've followed and have talked about what's happening, they've all sort of said be prepared to feel a bit spacey yeah like it's kind of we just had the big we just had the eclipse definitely um full lunar eclipse coming up at the full moon uh right on the 15th of may Fourteenth, so
0: oh yeah we're in like the the thick of uh the early start of eclipse season for i mean we're not i'm going to say not we're not heavy-handed in terms of the astrological no not at all um effect on things but we pay attention to it and we respect it because it we do live in an interplanetary system and these things do
1: have an effect energetically on the way we operate yeah and i mean i use it as a another piece of information Mm -hmm. a um a guide it's not gospel it's not um credit like it's not predictive mm-hmm. um by any means but it is interesting to just pay attention so anyways we're coming here to you today feeling a little bit that way although i will say that the conversations that we've just had have energized me a bit um mm-hmm. from when we first got on zoom and started chatting it's true it's also quite a rainy day here today it's uh yeah.
0: it very much feels like it's it feels like an autumn day today even spring though it's is spring
1: like never coming it feels like. <laughs> i don't Here's, I have we're, this feeling we're going to like skip spring and just go to summer here in the uh, it, west coast of North
0: America. Who knows? It's May it 5th, the, Cinco de Mayo, actually. Today. Oh, it is. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo. It's May 5th today as we record this, and this we're recording this just five days before it goes public, so it's quite fresh. And we actually intend to talk to you today about fierce serenity and the emotional body. And it's I think it's quite timely because, you know, starting with this like honesty of where we're at, how we're feeling, feeling, I have to admit, I'm feeling under energized, I haven't been sleeping very well. Although I, you know, according to some of the energy sources that I follow, they do say that there's a lot of healing happening in the dream state and multiple timelines. And I know I've had very, I'm going to say, not restful sleeps Mm -hmm. where I've have like, I've woken up right out of dream state and been disoriented and discombobulated and (laughs) like, why is my jaw tight? And I'm like, I'm pretty relaxed and chill. So there's definitely, I don't know, there's lots of energy flying around. We can see it unfolding in the world media right now. (laughs) And even the love letter I sent out and wrote, I wrote Mm -hmm. yesterday, there's just so Actually much... called when yeah. emotions are running high, When emotions are running high. Yeah. So if you are feeling emotionally charged about things unfolding in your life, you are not alone and yeah. there is lots to pay attention to, but not necessarily, you don't have to take it on. I think that's yeah, I probably, think that's... yeah. Observe it, but don't take it on.
1: Yeah. I know for me, personally too, I've been very much in this space of trying, of noticing when I'm being pulled into the emotional pull versus able to step out and into observer mode and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, get more inquisitive as to, okay, what is, what's happening here? What is this bringing up in me? Um, and there's lots of different tools for that, but maybe that's something we can dive into here is, uh, as Jen said, the emotional body, that's one of the pillars that we, talk about in our fear serenity program and it's a piece that we coach on as well um and it's it's something that i think i have really in the past couple of years come to understand on a much deeper level and it's it's so cool when you start to see (laughs) yeah the shifts and the changes in your own life with this and and the being able to notice when we're triggered or when we're falling down a rabbit hole or a spiral of our emotions. And it's not yeah. about, I think there's such a, there's such a nuance between just being like, oh, I feel emotional or I'm triggered or whatever. I'm gonna just going to push that down. Or I'm going to pack that over there. Or I'm going to stop feeling that way. Like that's kind of the bypassing, right? Mm-hmm. Versus allowing ourselves to feel and to name, whether it's journaling, whether it's sharing with a friend or whatever, but just to be like, I'm feeling this way. Yeah, And allowing it to it. move through or to do the um, inquisition that might be required as to what's causing this. Um, but then being able to see yourself shift out of it. I had this experience on the weekend where I had a situation emotions were running high. I mean, I have two daughters too. So we all, and, and again, and they're, also we, age, they're, they're also at that age, they're at that age, the early, yes, they're all, yeah. they're all prepubescent or hormonal. <laughs> puberty, and hormonal and <laughs> hormonal. And if we put, if we apply the lens of human design on this too, mm-hmm. all of my family. So in human design, we have um, different authorities. They're called in different ways that we make decisions. Um, yeah. And one of the authorities in human design is emotional authority, meaning that literally we are designed to feel the highs and the lows of emotion. And we're not meant to make decisions when we're in a high or a low, but that we ride the wave and then we come to a more neutral place. And that's when we kind of configure, figure this stuff out. And so that journey has been interesting too, because I have emotional authority as does everyone in my family. <laughs> So I've run all their charts and we're all emotional authority. So wow. we all have this, like, it's not to say that people without emotional authority ha- don't have uh, emotions. <laughs> it's just the way we, the way we react and the way we operate from and make decisions um, with emotions. So it's been really interesting though, to see, like I say, on the weekend, there was some emotions running high. Um, my daughter one night, and then I had to sort of move through it the next day and I can see now. And even when I'm in the throes of the emotion, it's so powerful to have the awareness of like, okay, I'm in the throes of the emotion. I'm in Mm -hmm. the wave. Let's just like ride the wave, feel the emotion. I reached out, you know, I used my tools. I reached out to my people and helped sort of process through some. And then the next day I was like, okay, I'm feeling much more grounded, much more clear. Yeah. And it's really cool to sort of, to see that. So, you know, that's something that it's a practice.
0: Absolutely. It's a practice. And I think that you don't have to, if you're listening to this and you're like, what the heck is human design? And do I have to know this? You do not have to know this to understand and begin to observe your emotional response to a situation. Mm-hmm. And we are humans. We are meant to feel yeah. these feelings, which are feelings in motion. These experiences in motion. So our, our responses, we wanted to talk about this for fierce serenity and the emotional body, because there's so many ways that we take on others emotions that we don't even realize and unconscious. It's something that I'm personally unpacking. So, I mean, Jane and I mm-hmm. both talked about, I think it was back in November, we both had this large personal realization Around clearing emotions for others that we hadn't been aware of before. And there's still layers to unpack. Just because you found it once doesn't mean it's gone forever. It's just the next layer becomes available. Mm -hmm. So, what we wanted to sort of talk about a little bit in terms of the fierce serenity piece is that sometimes our emotional situations or situations that cause an emotional response or trigger an emotional response, sometimes they require a bit more of a fierce, uh, I'm not say reaction, but like a fierce energy in order to manage that situation. So sometimes you have to dig deeper in that well to move through that um, more
1: effectively. Yeah, or be willing to actually look at it and not just stuff it down or not just uh, like go to the numbing activity that you typically do to avoid the feeling but like confront it like because emotions are really just messengers right like Mm -hmm. and starting to ask the question like I think one of the ways that we can move out of the spin of an emotion and into that observer role is to to just start to look and go what is this about what is this telling me what do I need to see from this? Why am I feeling triggered? Like, yeah. start getting curious and asking questions of yourself. What is this bringing up? You know, it's almost like, oh, excuse me, I gotta go out here because it's just
0: that time of day. Um, <laughs> it's kind of nap time. It's kind of like the, are you bypassing the fierceness needed in order to get to the serenity? Mm. That is one way of looking at something. Or... The other phrase that's come to mind is this phrase that's written on mugs and t-shirts everywhere is keep calm and carry on. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that is a phrase for bypassing, right? That is like the biggest of the bypassing phrases that you will find in popular culture. And so the keep calm and carry on part while noble in many respects and was noble in the past, I think does a lot more damage to our emotional bodies than was initially acknowledged yeah. and as I'm saying these words my ears are ringing like mm. bananas so there is definitely some some more energy to come through on that what are some sort of real life situations around I mean we've all had to have that moment we like find the inner peace find the inner peace move oh, forward absolutely. and then feel it we've all had yeah. to do that so it's like you you can't like all of a sudden be you know 30 something and having a 4 year old's meltdown um in the no, middle I mean, of a public place that would, yeah or at work right or like at work like, <laughs> I wanted to use the photocopier
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean Pretty and enough. I've learned too I used to I used to be much more reactionary like the emotion would hit me and I would just go into like whether you know in relationships with my with my spouse even with my kids where I would just react out of that place and it's and now I know I I'm not perfect I still definitely do it but I now can see and know that you know sometimes it's like I need to let that emotion process and then go back and have the conversation and I think same thing you know again even in the office or at work similar situations right where it's sort of like it's that whole now we're kind of it's that pause right that we're always mm-hmm. told now like take the pause yep find the moment of breath walk away from a situation so that you can but I think there's a I think there's a real fine line between walking away from a situation and shoving those feelings down and then coming back to it versus being able to say take a breather, process mm-hmm. your emotion and then come back to it. Yeah. And that's the piece that you know again is just starting to become more mainstream now.
0: And I also think that's a piece that is uh part of healthy boundaries too. Yes. Around when you know having a discussion with a loved one about a particular aspect might like make just money because that's usually with spouses and loved ones good so triggering forth. one that's yeah. a good that's a that's a very rich minefield of uh of you know yeah. little bombs and little things that can go off and you know when a conversation gets heated or if you find yourself in a strong emotional reaction for yourself and you it hasn't quite bubbled to the surface yet call for a recess call for a moment and say you know I don't want to talk about this right now um, but I do care about it can we revisit this later can we revisit this tomorrow when I've had time to gather my thoughts and feelings around this or when I can more effectively express my thoughts and feelings around this because they feel jumbled up and that's for me personally that's quite often what happens with my riding the, my projector emotional wave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I get to a point where I can't coherently and cohesively communicate what I'm feeling, And I know for me, that's the signal that I have to ride that wave, walk away, write some things down, gather my thoughts, and then come back to the topic. So
1: have you always been able to do that and had that? No. Or okay
0: because yeah I mean I've
1: definitely have gotten more to that place too but I look and I'm like I used to be the anxious like I could see where my anxiety comes up and where Mm. I would go into the anxious mode of I've got to get this like sorted now I've got it like I was so uncomfortable yeah with the conflict or the you know I'm even thinking like you know when my husband and I would get in fights and he would I mean this is going a little bit down a rabbit hole but like you know if say one partner's tendency is to be more anxious and the other one is to be more avoidant or aloof, right? And he would kind of be be the one. That's what I was thinking. And I have shifted like through all of my healing work. I'm I'm definitely not I can see that now. But there was a time where like I was like a dog with a bone. Like and it's so interesting to look back at that where I would not be okay with that. And so I'd be like, no, we need to sort this out now. We need to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And we need to and I would fester in it. So And now I can kind of, now I've, I've got to that place of like, right. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to sit even in the discomfort of, Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, we're not all getting along right now. That's okay. That's a hard place to get to. Like, and I think, especially again, I mean, this goes back into my, you know, people pleasing tendencies. Yeah. um, So many different things, but So what were you like before? You said you haven't always been that way.
0: Um, Sometimes I would want to, I would go into like defensive mode. Mm. So I would respond immediately, but I would be defensive about it. Rather than thinking things through and uh, being a bit more, "Hmm, is this actually all on me? no. Yes. What part have I played in this? I get more of ref- now. I've go, I go more reflective rather than
1: reactive. Interesting. So, and so, if you look at the emotional lens behind that, yeah, defensiveness is typically rooted in fear. Right. When we are fearful of something, we mm-hmm. defend. So yeah. that's just a little nugget to even get you to start to think about how, like where the like to bring in the emotion what's the emotion under the action oh um, that's a good one yeah yeah because
0: it's like fear but then you can think back to an experience or even if you don't even have to think back to the experience of when that fear first appeared and I know I think for me it was kind of a bit of fear of uncertainty right um, you know because I did have just reflecting on some of my early childhood experiences, there was a a lot of uncertainty in aspects of my childhood where it was housing uncertainty and, you know, living situation uncertainty. And, you know, a big part of that is something that I took on the role of processing emotions for my parents in that situation. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was a big, you know, that's just happened in the past year that I've had that realization. So when we can take a look at... How something is showing up in our current reality, where it was informed by a past experience, either childhood or adulthood, it doesn't really matter. And then looking at the emotion underneath that experience, then then you have the opportunity to go, oh, I see what that is. You can observe it from a place of neutral self-compassion even
1: mm.
0: and go, this is why I felt this way. Oh, I see yeah. this person, this person. Like I was scared of the uncertainty because it, what it might mean for the family and my loved ones around me.
1: Yeah. And like, I think mine, a lot of mine was sort of acceptance. Mm -hmm. My, so the anxiety would, and that acceptance isn't the emotion necessarily, but you could look at it through the lens of the emotion or the need that's not being, so for me, it was acceptance and belonging, I think. And somewhere along the way in my, you know, again, you can always track everything back to childhood, but, um. (laughs) We beyond. Won't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, so, so the anxiety would come up because it was like, Oh my God, I'm like, the, if I'm in conflict, I'm not in acceptance or I'm needing this. And as I was able to start to heal those pieces in myself and accept myself, I no longer needed to seek it out from those right. relationships. And so, so yeah, it's just sort of getting, getting curious. And like you say, so much of it for me, I noticed too, is just starting to connect those dots. It's not that you have to necessarily do anything with the information. It's not like, Oh my God, I've got this huge wound. I'm did it. I need to go to therapy. I mean, maybe therapy is fabulous. But at the same time, sometimes I just find literally my brain being able to be like, like you say, finding the pattern or connecting the dot or going, Oh, that's why. It's like, then all of a sudden it's like up and out. And I'm like, okay, I think it provides a bit sense. more context. So yeah, just the brain's always trying to make sense of things. Yeah. Right. So I, I think I almost feel like sometimes it's like, Oh, that makes sense. Plug. Perfect. Right. We can
0: now like, and there's also a point though, to, you know, if you're just starting on, on this journey of, I'm going to say self inquiry, then it might be good to have some support, like a therapist or a counselor. Absolutely. Uh, like it. It's not might, it always is helpful to have the support of a therapist or a counselor or some or a mentor or a really good experienced friend who can sort of guide you through the early stages of starting this journey. But if you are further along the journey of self-inquiry, or you've had lots of opportunities to do that, then this is just another layer and another way of providing context to an emotional response at this time. So once the emotions are there and you've recognized it, what do you do? what do you do so what do you do jane do you have some yeah i know you have some practices and we both have some practices around um, yeah i mean observing
1: but yeah it's sort of been it's finding those healthy outlets or tools so for me some of it has been relearning or maybe not even relearning maybe just learning um you know some of the practices and so that could be things again, it, a lot of it comes back to the basics, making sure that I'm getting the right sleep. What am I putting in my body? Am I moving? Um, mm-hmm. you know, those things, journaling, writing, reaching yeah. out to a friend. Um, sometimes it's also though, just sitting in it and giving myself permission to be like, okay, I'm just gonna, and one a t- one tool was sitting in it that I was um, given by a coach was she sort of said that she started to set a timer and it was like okay I have ten minutes to have my temper tantrum and to feel whatever I want to feel and then it's time to start either using a tool to move it through my body or if that's enough to just like sit in it and feel it and da 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 then it moves but like starting to actually give parameters um, to it which. I have noticed it's helpful for me. I don't do that specifically with a timer, but I do notice that when I wasn't so conscious of my emotional processing, I would I could sit and stew in things, I could hold on to things for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, it is like again if I think about the other day when I was feeling really funky, it was movement. And I mm. just kind of and I didn't but here's the other thing. I had a massive resistance to movement. I really just wanted to like sit on the couch and be in a bad mood. Yep. Um,
0: I've so felt that before. Yeah. I totally get
1: that feeling. But I forced myself on to, I think it was actually, maybe I did yoga that day and I was like, just do it. You'll feel better. And so, and I did like, it really just moved some of the stuff through. So It isn't that you're just going to be, I think, let's be really honest, right? You're probably not going to feel like using the things that are going to help you feel better in the moment. Yeah. But those are the one that does often make me feel better is reaching out to a friend, to somebody or to a coach and just being able to download. I do it to Jen all the time. We talked about this on, we've talked about this on a fair bit, but you know, however, with boxer. Yeah. And, but even with that, Mm -hmm. you and I have gotten really good from the boundaries place of saying like, you know, of identifying, Hey, I need to download something here. I just need to vent. You don't even need to respond because there's an important part, Mm -hmm. important piece of, for me processing it out, but not dumping it out onto somebody, not kind of, you know, just, but it's just going on. And so having that healthy space. And even I find that even for myself, that helps my brain be like, right, this is recognizing, acknowledging, I think also it's setting that intention. So there's all these
0: tools that, I mean, if you're, I'm going to say, if you're newer to this emotional state management, um, tools, because yeah, it's kind of fun. It can be kind of it's a bit of an, honestly, like it's a bit of a high, I don't know what kind of whether it's adrenaline or dopamine or something. But it's a bit of a high to ride that emotional wave and carry it out and take it out on someone else or take it out on, Mm -hmm. you know, inanimate things. But when we have other tools that can redirect that energy, like, you know, I used to use karate, I used to have a lot of um, pent up emotion that I did had no direction. And so part of the reason I got into karate mm. because it had the vocal and physical component of moving and shifting those emotions in a way. And I'm not saying that, you know, I went to karate and like punched other people. We were, we were in a very minimal contact situation, but the act of that physical exercise and the yelling and the movement in a structured way really helped focus the frustration or the feelings that I had. And I felt so much better afterwards. And sometimes like karate helped where yoga didn't. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now I'm leaning towards more yoga. But interestingly, I've also observed for the past, I'm going to say six to eight weeks, I've had no desire to do yoga or karate. The dog walks have been enough movement for me. Whereas, And and
1: I have found just trust that it's that that's just what my body needs right now. And I said, like, I did yoga the other day, although I haven't been doing a lot of yoga either. And I've been spinning. I've been doing the bike. And I'm finding that I need that intensity of the cardio to push myself through has been a big one for moving some of the big emotions and getting into the, the, yeah, like where, and a lot of times, like I say I don't really want to do it, but then I get on and I just get into this like power mode. And it's like, that's been really therapeutic for me. So, yeah. And and it changes, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I went through about two years where yoga and Pilates was my, like, was my medicine. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely shifts. I think of yourself giving
0: yourself space to shift. Uh you know, whether it's journaling or physical activity, when we're in when we when we have emotions that are stuffed down or that are bypassed or that aren't acknowledged, but maybe just are waiting for the right time, there's so many other tools that we can use. Like there is journaling. There's the physical activity piece, there's cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy, like therapist and counseling talk therapy, there's dance movement therapy, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. going through I'm co facilitating a course right now with a dance movement therapist on moving called moving through grief, where it's sound and movement through the body um, in order to give a nonverbal way to shift emotion. Yeah, which is very powerful, very powerful, more powerful than I actually would have expected. Like, mm it's, it's quite amazing, the shifts that happen with that. um, Yeah, I've done I've been doing
1: something kind of um, along those lines as well, not for grief, but like just an embodied kind of movement practice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is, it is quite powerful. Um, the other tool or the other piece that, um, I've used, uh, with some of my friends as well, that is really helpful. And again, kind of sets the boundary, but also speaking out the needs is one of my girlfriends and I are quite good. She actually taught me this, like she'll phone me and be like, hey, I just need an ear right now. I need to vent. I just need you to listen. I don't actually need you to fix the problem or give me any solutions. And it's so powerful. So healthy to do that. that. (laughs) And to also sometimes preface it where sometimes she's like, and I just need to say everything that's on my mind, even if it actually sounds really harsh, like not to me, but about whatever Mm -hmm. the situation is. But that space, to have that space where it's like, whatever you're feeling, just a judgment-free zone to get it out and then oftentimes after that it's like okay I said a lot of things I might not have meant everything I said but we need to be able to honor that in the moment and so that's been really helpful and then other times she'll call me and be like okay I need a friend I need you to like mm-hmm. tell me what you're hearing tell me what I'm not seeing tell me you know yeah. all the things and there's a big difference between that and when we can actually ask for what we need and differentiate it's- you have to know first
0: and then ask your loved one. So I've done that with, yes. I've done that with my spouse. I've done that with, with some friends, like you and I have talked yeah. about this, where we just need someone to listen, or do we want feedback? Sometimes yeah. I'll leave it open. I'm like, if you if, yeah. if you are hearing something that I am not acknowledging, please tell me, or I'll say, I don't want any feedback on this. I just need to vent or I just yeah. need yes, you know, exactly. little outbursts. So yeah, all these different ways. And also another great way to like help your emotions is just get out into nature. Yeah. Thank like, you like don't go yell at a tree personally I don't think that's very productive it's not very nice they can they can hear you and feel all that but it's more about (laughs) it's the tree hugger here (laughs) the tree talker but it's more about be with the tree and allow the tree or the nature or whatever the rock or whatever it is Mm -hmm. the being out in nature piece to help disperse and diffuse the emotions you might be experiencing
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So powerful. I mean yeah, right? And the more we can the more we can observe and the more we can be with our emotions, yeah, the easier life gets. Yep. It's so it's so true. It's so interesting. And and the more and it's a practice. Again, I feel like we say this a lot too, but it is a practice and it is a muscle to build up. And you know, we I'm seeing now where I'm able to do it even with what's happening on the world stage. Um, right. Like we even talked about this earlier where, you know, with what's happening right now, um, especially in the United States, I noticed like I had a really, really strong visceral reaction. Um, and I very quickly found myself going down the path of, you know, an emotional response. And it's not to say that those emotional responses are wrong. There is a lot of power in them too, but it was, I really was able to then step up and be like, wow, okay, what, like, what is this bringing up for me or what's mm-hmm. the, and, and some of it is, like you say, it's processing stuff that maybe is like, you know, ancestral, maybe it's like, yeah. there's, there's emotions and stories and narratives from, you know, things that our grandmothers and our great, great, great grandmothers experienced. Um, but when we can move into that observer mode then we can have clear productive conversations and um, see the forest for the trees, I guess. Right. In terms of what's happening in the world. And so it was just very powerful to start to, to be able to like um, pan out a little bit and notice that if I stayed in that though,
0: we lost Jane there for a minute. So we just need to uh, say, can you say that again? If we stay in that
1: emotional state um, then we can't, you know, we can't pan out and see the bigger picture of what's happening. Right.
0: Yeah. Because we get pulled into that. It's almost like a vortex that mm-hmm. pulls you into that. We get pulled into that emotional vortex, that polarity that then uh, deepens the hooks of that emotion into our experience. And then it's harder <sighs> to climb our way back out or it's yeah. harder to find that observer space if you've been pulled
1: in. Again, it's also we lose our compassion. We yeah. lose our capacity for compassion for other. Right. Oh, yeah. I
0: know. so yeah. difficult. And, you know, if you're listening to this a couple months down the road, basically, the context is that the this is around the time when this draft memo has been leaked from the Supreme Court of the United States. And... They're talking about this. This draft memo was talking about overturning the Roe versus Wade decision, that was made in the '70s. '79 or something. Yeah, it was yeah in the 1970s.
1: Yeah. So, so that's what's happening tuned. now. But that's what's happening this, now. But this conversation, I think, applies to absolutely so many of the things that are happening on the world stage. Definitely. Um And down in our houses
0: yeah well, so what is happening on a global um scale is usually happening on a micro level in our own lives I actually had this conversation with a client a couple days ago around um with power dynamics and control and what they were experiencing and like they knew it was happening but they needed to talk through it mm-hmm. with me And I just reiterated again, like this is your experience on the micro, experiencing on the micro, what is unfolding on the macro that isn't yet, I'm not going to say, isn't widely acknowledged. So it's this power, power dynamic piece. And when we can stay in our own alignment through these emotional management techniques, then we will more quickly bring the rest of the world into alignment because when we can approach a conversation from a place of um observational neutrality and yet still be allow our emotions to be without affecting the decision or a without being sucked into a vortex i think we Mm -hmm. we can move forward we can have better conversations. We can
1: Well, yeah, it's the way forward, listen. right? It's the way How forward. How many problems have have, yes. have been solved out of, like, typically when we're trying to solve an, an, a problem or a challenge or whatever the thing from a state of, like, high emotional reaction, mm-hmm. we don't typically yeah. get how's, too far, right? We create more how's problems. How's that worked create, out for you in the past? Right? It's like <laughs> what you were talking about earlier off, um, offline about war. Yes, And how we tend to, you know, we move when we're in these crazy emotional depths, we create that divide, that polarity, that duality. And what does that create? It creates war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know. I think think we have one last thing. I think that's what we wanted to say on this. This is Um, essentially what we wanted to say. So this is how
0: you find fear serenity in your emotional body and how to cultivate is to use some of these tools get practiced with the observer role in your own life and then start to notice when you're in alignment. And that will give, I think you give you greater access to both self-compassion and compassion for others and, and better conversations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then just to slightly switch topics to give a bit of an update for our listeners, we have been talking the last couple of weeks about our fear serenity program and the four different, um, Energy bodies—the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual—and um, we've also been sharing that we were going to be running our next cohort of Your Serenity starting May fifteenth. However, we have made the decision to postpone that cohort um, we have. because we kind of want to walk our walk, and we felt we felt into it, and we're like, you know what? The timing just doesn't feel aligned for for Jen and I for our community right now. Um, and we're gonna so we're gonna push that next cohort off until the fall till September. Um, till September. Yeah. yeah. And in the meantime, though, what does feel light and fun and playful is to take a lot of that content and a lot of this content that we've been talking about on the podcast, break it down into more bite-sized pieces and smaller offerings, and mm-hmm. uh, show up with uh, workshops more soundscapes jen just hosted um our first soundscape on receiving uh just this past weekend and it was lovely as they always are and mm-hmm. very healing and very opening um so you can actually get a uh you can have access to that recording um still if you'd like um we'll put the link in our show we'll put notes the link in the show to to notes that. it's yeah. 20 dollars. you can have the professional uh audio recording of it And we're going to be doing more of those. We're going to be, like I say, workshops, um, recordings. Our community calls will continue to happen. Uh, Those are free twice monthly. So we're just going to start to bring more offerings through the the fall. I mean, sorry, through the spring. I'm looking outside. It still (laughs) feels like fall. (laughs) I
0: know it does. Between May and September, because if you're listening in the Southern Hemisphere, obviously those seasons will be opposite. But basically from May through to September, we'll be offering these I'm going to say bite-sized pieces of yeah. uh, access, some free, some pay to play, but all at like 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Join if you want, get the recording. Um, yeah. Come and feels, play. It just feels
1: more playful and more light. Yeah. And not that, you know, I mean, we are so excited to run this next right. cohort of fear serenity, but it feels like a September when we're feeling into it. It just feels yeah. like that really rich kind of, Harvest season time, so yeah, that's if, that's what we're where we're at. Um, that's what's gonna happen. So, if you're interested in it, absolutely, waitlist is still open. Um, in fact, actually, the sales page is still open. You're welcome to secure your spot anytime between now and September. But in the meantime, watch out for these other offerings that we are going to be yeah. coming out with.
0: We're planning. We'll put links to all of these things that we mentioned into the show notes of what's available and ready. And I think we'll probably, I think it might feel good to come up with a bit of a calendar of events, mm-hmm. decide on a couple places. You'll find our events on Eventbrite and Facebook events as well. Yeah. So take a look there. Definitely follow us on our social media channels and stay tuned for some more lighthearted, playful experiences. And it's not that Fierce Serenity isn't lighthearted and playful. It's that it's more no, of a all container. Of these,
1: and all of these offerings are going to be rooted in the Fierce Serenity. Absolutely. Um, foundations. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Cool. I think we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for having a great, uh, for listening Just to our conversation. For having a great day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for having a great day. Thanks for listening th- to th- us. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. We very much appreciate your support.
0: Uh, We will see you soon or I don't know, maybe you'll see us probably more likely and uh, have an awesome rest of your day, week, wherever you find yourself and uh, take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for these conscious combos. If you're ready to dive deeper, head on
1: over to wearegenandjane.com to continue the
0: conversation.
1: If you loved this episode, please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.